I believe that he's with you right where you are. Hallelujah. Surf City has been in a series entitled Bold Moves for the past uh, few weeks. And I'm excited about this series and I, I feel like God led us here and timed this just right to prepare us, you know, to walk in victory over fear and intimidation over fear and intimidation and especially in a time and a day and age where so many people as the bible prophesies that men's hearts in these last days would fail them for fear i believe that now more than ever is the time for us to be able to lead into christ and to walk with him knowing that as he said he'd never leave us nor would he forsake us and so as we look at overcoming fear and intimidation through making bold moves. I want to draw you in. Uh, we're going to go to the book of Luke. We're going to look at Luke chapter 15. I'm going to read a portion of it. And then after I read this portion of it, we're going to unpack and, and go deeper into it today. And, uh, and I want you, and then we're going to pray. And, and I'm excited about what God has planned for us today. And so listen, I want to, I want to read verse 11 says, And he said, there was a man... Who had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living, right where you are, I want you to say reckless living. In reckless living. And then it goes on and says in verse 14, And when he had spent everything, a severe famine, everybody say a famine. Severe famine arose in the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him into the, his fields, uh, to feed pigs and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything and then I'll read verse 17 says but when he came to himself he said how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread but I perish here with hunger I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Let's go before the Lord in prayer in this moment. God, I'm just so thankful for everything that you are doing in this moment. Lord, even in the midst of this trying time, we trust in you and your capability to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works within us. And so, Lord God, even as we trust you in this moment, Lord, I pray that you would bless all of the churches around our world right now who are believing you in the midst of this difficult time. Wherever people are gathered, in homes, Lord Jesus, across the world, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would make your presence felt and known. And that, Lord, even those who are hurting right now, that they would experience you in a mighty way. Even through this word, we're forgetting to, getting ready to preach. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say 
Amen. Praise God. And so right where you are, I want you to just look at somebody, or if you're by yourself, just say it to yourself. Say, it's time to make some bold moves. Come on, come on. I want you to say it. Say, it's time to make some bold moves. Praise God. You know, I've been pastoring now for about 15 plus years, and in all of this time, it's been such a blessing to be able to have the opportunity uh, to mentor, to mentor um, some young men in the gospel and the opportunity to be able to walk with them. Last week, actually, we shared from a passage in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and I was sharing about how Paul walked with a young man by the name of Timothy, and Timothy was his mentee, and he called him his son in the gospel, and he you know, he, he was sharing his sentiments and his desire to make sure that he was in a place where he was uh, cared for. And so he sent him a letter and he, and, he, and he told him how much he loves praying for him. And it was just a, a beautiful letter. And we learned about bold moves even from that. And so, you know, one of the greatest joys that I have is mentoring and discipling uh, men and being able to walk along, alongside men. And I'll never forget, man, there was a time where, you know, most recently in my pastoral experience where, you know, sometimes when it comes to mentoring, there, there are some challenging moments. And so there's some moments when you're like, you know, where it really challenges your patience, where it challenges you emotionally, and you really, you know, will have to make a decision whether or not you're going to fight for this thing or you're going to let it go. And I'll never forget there was a moment where, you know, with a son in the gospel, with a mentee, I was having a, a bit of a conflict. And he was in a place where he wasn't seeing eye to eye with me on certain things, right? And I'm like, man, what on earth am I going to do? And it got to the place where no matter what I did, no matter how much I tried to express the sentiments of my heart, I noted and I realized that it was just not being received. And so have you ever been in a, a place of frustration? You know, and, and that was just where I was in that moment. But then after doing a little bit of research, I realized that the reasoning behind why it was that he was responding in the way that he was responding was because of some terrible experiences that he had in the past. And consequently, it would at times bring him to a place of self-sabotage where he was expecting me to respond in the same negative way that others had responded to him in the past. And so when this came to my mind, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? I got to go out of my comfort zone. I got to get to a place where this is a relationship that's worth fighting for. And the fact of the matter is God will often put you in situations. Come on, somebody. He'll often put you in situations that are uncomfortable, but you have an opportunity to respond in a different way than the status quo. And when people in your life may expect you to operate and respond in a certain way, you've got to give them something different. Can I just talk about it? Because God has a greater plan than the conflict that you're experiencing at the time. So can I tell you this, fam? Listen, I did something that was completely out of the ordinary for me. And it was one of these moments we were having a training thing at our church. And, you know, it was a leadership training thing. And we brought in some speakers to come and share and to really empower our leaders. And listen, fam, I was like, it was in this moment. And I walked in and I heard, and this young man, he showed up to the session. 
And so I said, okay, he's showing up. So that must mean that there's something in him that's telling him that maybe something different is going to happen. I don't know, but he shows up. And then the craziest thing to me is when I go inside, I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, he should be here, right? But then the Lord told me in my heart, I need you to go sit next to him. And I'm like, what, Jesus? You know, what do you mean you want me to go sit next to him? Are you serious? You want me in the middle of this to go and sit next to this person that I know is having an issue with me, that I know probably wants to punch me in my face right now because I am challenging them outside of their comfort zone. I'm trying to push them into their potential. and so Are you serious? Jesus like, I need you to do something different than he expected. Come on, somebody. And so I pushed through. I pushed through my feelings because the Holy Ghost will make you do that. And so it was on both ends. I said, if he had Holy Ghost enough to show up, then I ought to have the love enough to go and sit beside him. So I went and I sat beside him and it was kind of awkward, but it was like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. You know, we're just here. And I went and I sat beside him and, you know, it was awkward because the place where he was sitting, there wasn't enough space, really. You know, like you might sit by the person, but you want to like move the chair out the way. You know, I couldn't move the chair out the way. I had to sit right next to him, right? Right up on the man. It was just one of those types of moments, right? So it was just uncomfortable. And then guess what? Guess what the preacher for the night starts talking about? Unbeknownst to me about what he's going to share and what he's going to talk about, he starts talking about conflict resolution, so I'm sitting there in this awkward moment and the preacher that is sharing is talking about conflict resolution. So not only, not only was it an awkward moment, but he also felt like, hold up a minute, you set me up fam. You call me out here to sit next to you like I'm in the principal's office or something. And then you have this man to come out here and read my mail. And all I'm sitting there thinking is I had no clue. I had no conversation. I don't know what he was getting ready to talk about. But God had set it up that we would be sitting in that moment and that we would have to wrestle through it. And I just want to let you know that sometimes there are relationships that are worth fighting for. Come on. Somebody say there are relationships that are worth fighting for. And so would you believe that out of that moment, now the testimony, and I recently was talking uh, with himself and another gentleman, and we were celebrating what God did out of that exchange because he was expecting me to respond in a certain way. But he's saying, I experienced the love of God through you in a way that I had never experienced before. And consequently, it softened my heart and brought me to repentance in the areas that I needed to repent. And consequently, I myself was able to humble myself by the grace of God and work through that fleshy part and get to a place where the Lord also developed and worked in me and now we have a strong and a blessed relationship one maybe one day he'll tell you about it but we have a strong and a blessed relationship all because of what God did in that moment a reaction that was opposed to what was expected Oh my, I just want to talk to somebody today about making some bold moves. And here we now find ourselves in this text. You're saying, what am I talking about? And I'm sharing this, of course, with his permission, even though I'm not calling out any names. 
But I want to share this with you because I believe that this message is we're talking about making bold moves. That it's imperative that we get to the place where sometimes the bold moves we make are ones that cause us to be uncomfortable, to be out of our comfort zone. But ultimately they are positioning us not only to grow as individuals, but they also may be showing the, hey, showing the love of God to someone in a way that they didn't expect. And consequently restoration and even breakthrough will happen in their life and so here in the text we find this story that I love and it's in a series of three parables that Jesus tells as he starts out in Luke 15 verse 1 there's some individuals Bible says now the tax collectors in verse 1 just for context and sinners were all drawing near to him and it says and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled saying this man receives sinners and eats with them and so they're appalled and it's nuts because these are people who know the law and, and who, who have seen and heard the prophecies that would come and talk about how the Messiah would come and would change the lives of people he would encounter. Yet and still, even though they knew many of them, especially the Pharisees, who were people that had a terrible exact knowledge of the law, they were people and they were individuals who were unwilling to see that this messianic thing was taking place through Christ and then he he says they're, they're charging him by saying he receives sinners and eats with them not remembering that Jesus the Messiah was coming to seek and save the lost and so it's powerful because Jesus in response and I love Jesus fam he doesn't sometimes he don't just come out and just tell you like it is Sometimes, you know, he just will he'll tell you in stories and and in this case he tells them in three stories to make sure that it's solidified in their minds and that they, 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 they get the picture painted about his heart towards people who are far from God. Are you with me? If you're with me, say, I'm with you. Here we go. So look, I want to I talk about this. The Bible says in verse 11, and there was a man who had two sons. Everybody say two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Now I want you to note this for those who are new to Bible, for those who have never heard this story. By him doing so, especially in Jewish culture, this is him telling his father, I wish you were dead. So I want my inheritance before you die. So he's insulting. The way he's coming across is in an insulting manner. Nonetheless, the crazy thing is that the father allows him in this moment to receive this inheritance and he splits it up between the brothers and lets him go my god this is powerful and now i just want to note this as a side note that you know the older brother was forced into receiving because the bible says that it, the inheritance was divided and split among them the older brother was forced into receiving this you know and and i'm sure that this was not his desire or his intent but it was all because of the younger brother you know and i know there's some of you that have little brothers and sisters you know exactly what I'm talking about. Little brothers and sisters that are annoying to you. <laughs> and you got in a lot of trouble and certain things happened to you. Do I got any witnesses? Trust me, my little sister, if she's watching this, she knows all of the tattletale and the stuff she used to do that would get me in trouble. But it was in a moment where because of the foolishness of this younger brother, the older brother is roped in and, and it almost is coming across in the, in the same sense as it's just equally as insulting because his portion is split 
But the father does something interesting. He gives it to them and he lets the younger son go. And I just want to let you know this because one of the lessons that we learn from the father is that somewhat, sometimes you have to love people enough to let them go. My, there are some of you right now who are watching and there are people in your life that you are wrestling with to try and keep you in, keep them in your life. But you got to get to the place where you love folk enough that sometimes the best thing you can do for them is to let them go. There are many of you, you've been grabbing onto people's ankles. You've been letting them drag you all through the dirt. Come on. And God is instead calling you not to hold on to them. But God is sometimes telling you the best thing you can do for them in fact for their deliverance the best thing you can do is to let them go somebody right there in your living room somebody say let them go let them go let them go let them go and so right there you know this is it because there's something powerful there's there is an agenda of restoration i believe that even the father foresees come on but and, and but in order for this to come to pass to where his relationship with his son is even greater than before he has to allow him in this moment to be released and to go out and do what he does and so the bible makes it clear now watch this this is very powerful this is uh, it goes on and says uh, uh, not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered. Everybody say squandered. He squandered his property. And this is the word right here in reckless living. Everybody say reckless. One more time. Say reckless in reckless living. Now, I want to note something that I think is impactful and I think that you should understand. The first thing is this. This parable is known historically as the prodigal son. Everybody say the prodigal son. So this is the parable of the prodigal son. Now, the crazy thing about this being the parable of the prodigal son is that the reason why usually we say that he's a prodigal because he has left and then he has come home. However, the definition of the word prodigal is not primarily someone who leaves and who comes back home. If you just Google it, because I know y'all are fact checkers, go ahead and you can fact check me on Google. Just put in the word prodigal and you'll see that the word prodigal is actually defined as spending money or resources freely and recklessly. Having or giving something, something on a lavish scale. So this is what it means to be a prodigal or to, uh, to prodigally give something. Prodigal giving as an adjective is a, it's lavish, it's reckless giving. It's something that it is where you are giving on a level that is lavish, a level that is reckless, where you are squandering in this regard on a lavish scale. So this individual, he gets his inheritance and he goes out and he spends his money on prodigal living reckless living one more time say reckless living and so this is powerful because the word prodigal and just to, just to teach a bit the word prodigal it actually is a, it's of latin origin and it's from the root uh prodigus so originally it's from the root of the latin word prodigus which means literally lavish 
So just so you understand and get some context, when we're talking about him being a prodigal or, or, or living in a prodigal fashion, it's not about just about him going away and coming back, but it's about the way in which he's living. And I want you to remember this because it's going to be a blessing to you in a moment. Come on, just stay with me for the next few moments. See, see so reckless living equals prodigal living in verse 13. And so Bible makes it clear that he went out when he had had, when he spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. Now, this is crazy because he goes out, he gets the inheritance that he has desired, that he desires. He makes this bold move and makes moves out of his father's house on his own. He goes and the Bible let, later lets us know in the passage he spends it on prostitutes and does all sorts of crazy stuff, throws parties and has fun with all of his friends. But then there is a famine. Everybody say a famine, a famine that hits the land, something that was unforeseen. Something that was unforeseen that happens. You know, oftentimes when we make bold moves in the negative direction, the, the devil will come at us with bait and switches. And so we make moves based on the bait, but we don't realize that there's a switch up ahead my god and some of y'all been making some bold moves in your life but you've been making um based upon promises from the enemy and you don't realize that there's a switch in your future my god i feel like preaching this thing on this morning there is a switch in your future that you don't even see that's coming and that's why see the enemy he will bait you with all of the prettiest stuff but you don't realize that oftentimes there's a switch that will jack you up and so the fact of the matter is he finds himself, note what he says in the text. Bible says he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. Now you need to understand just historically, Jews do not touch pigs. Pigs are considered unclean as are a whole other host of animals. If you read the book of Leviticus, if you read uh, all through, the, through the, uh, the, the books of the law, the first five books of the Bible, you will see that there are unclean animals and there are clean animals. And pigs are one of the most abhorrent animals to Jews. And so for him to leave and to find himself in a place where he is having to take care of swine, this is horrendous. Look at where the bold moves got him. And so look, this is crazy because I want you to understand this. Notice what, what, uh, what he says and what he's making clear. He says uh, in verse 16, and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, would you say that's low? That's pretty low. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. So those who were in the father's house, come on, when the time of difficulty came because they were in relationship with the father. When the famine came, they were taken care of. I just want to let you know and tell you today, I want you to see this, that that relationship in the house, watch this, not only was it just a fatherly relationship, but because of the resource that the father had, he was in a position where he would have had provision and protection in the time of famine. My God, there's somebody right now, you're teetering and you're in the place where you're thinking about, should I go or should I stay? Should I go? 
and follow all the popularity that's happening in the media come on you many of us were just sitting there scrolling on Instagram comparing ourselves to the lives of people who honor not God and who disrespect him with their lives and you're looking saying should I go after them it looks like they are uh, prospering and it seems like I might be in, an, in a place where there are challenges in my life but I love what God tells David and what David declares and says fret not yourself with evildoers even though it might look like they're prospering I'm telling you the fact is that the enemy has oftentimes a bait and switch in their future that they are not prepared for come on somebody but number one point number one here it is for you it's going to be on the screen for you as well watch this there is provision and protection in godly connection Pick it, pick it. Here we go. Say this with me one more time. There is provision and protection in godly connection. And I'm not talking about uh, when it was time for him to leave the right way. I mean, when it was time, if he left the right way, there was provision and there was protection. But he left prematurely. Come on, somebody. And so consequently, he put himself in a place of vulnerability. And as a result, when the famine came, he found himself in the pig trough. Uh, but there is provision and there's protection in godly connection I'm here to tell you I just want to give it a witness I wonder if there's anybody watching that can witness with me on this morning that there is provision and protection even right now right here in the middle of this COVID-19 uh, issue and this pandemic come on right here in the middle I wonder if there's anybody that can testify like David in Psalm 91 and make it clear that he who dwells in the secret place under the shadow of the most high come on somebody that we are in a place where we are secure because of his presence and our connection to him psalm 91 makes it clear that he will give his angels i feel this thing charge over us to keep us in all of our ways lest we dash our feet against the stone that's something to give god praise about there's provision and there is protection i wonder if there's any witnesses in here and there's any witnesses that are listening right in your living room that know that you want to give the lord praise come on because he is a provider and he is a protector and if you are in relationship with him that the redeemed of the lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy i want you right now in this moment wherever you are to put those hands together if you're redeemed and clap your hands and shout unto god with the voice of triumph come on praise him I just want to continue and let you know that the fact of the matter is that there is provision and protection in godly connection. I want you to understand there are benefits for those of you who are not in relationship with the Father. Because I want you to understand that the purpose of this parable was not just to talk about someone who went away and, didn't, and then eventually came back home. But it was to talk about people, everyone who is outside of connection with the Father. Because we all were made imago Dei. Which which means in the image of God and the likeness of God but sin has marred this and has separated us from God but the good news is come on somebody that all of us who are separated I'm going to talk about it a little bit more but all of us who are separated from God that God that we have the opportunity to be in relationship and connection with him and so this parable is not just about the guy who was with him and went away and came back but it's about everyone who is in a lost position and everyone who is separated from God. And I'm sharing with you that there are benefits 
to being connected to the Father. Can I tell you this? There are even some things. Oh man, I'm about to do a backflip. There are even some things uh, that the inheritance couldn't withstand. Oh my, are you hearing what I'm saying? There are some things that the inheritance couldn't even withstand. Yeah, he got the blessing from the father. He took the stuff from the father. But I'm here to tell you that there's some of you that been banking on some stuff. But there's some stuff that will come up against you that not even your stuff can withstand. Who am I talking to? There's some stuff that will come up against you that you better have a relationship with the father to be able to make it through. Who am I talking to? Right there in your living room, right there with your friends friends and your fam I don't know what you're going through but I'm here to tell you that you've been putting your trust in stuff that you may have been putting your trust in your bank account in your savings some of you you may 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 have been putting trust in a diet thinking that that is where you are going to have longevity but the fact of the matter is people get hurt and experience difficulty for other things other than just your diet so while you're putting trust in your diet you can be out and get hurt another way and I'm not wishing it on you but many of us put trust in things that can't even withstand the stuff that the enemy will throw at us and so I want you to understand that there are some things that even the inheritance couldn't withstand the famine came and he lost it all famine came and it was all gone it's inheritance versus relationship he got the inheritance but he broke the fellowship that would have connected him to protection and provision who's with me so I want you to understand this prematurity does not promote longevity and then watch this the thing is when you're out of relationship with God because some of you you may be hearing about Jesus and you may be hearing about the love of God for the first time in your life and I'm here to tell you I'm here to tell you on today that this individual the Bible makes it clear that he went and he hired himself out he hired himself out To one of the citizens in the country. He became a slave to his circumstances. He hires himself out. What have you become a slave to? Uh, Is there an area in your life where you have become a slave to your circumstances? Where the things that you are facing have become your master? Come on. Because of the bold moves that you have made in the negative direction. Where is your finances in bondage? Because of the bold moves you've made in the wrong direction. You have decided that because you're in times of difficulty. That you don't want to trust God with your finances. And so you go out and you you, you, you act recklessly with your finances and consequently now you have become a slave to your circumstances. He finds himself in the middle of what he's facing as a slave to his circumstances. And this is not the desire. This is not the desire of God for his life. But I love this. The Bible says in verse 17, but when he came to himself. I love this. This is powerful because he comes to himself. He he has an aha moment right there in the middle of the mess, right there in the pig pen. He has an aha moment where he recognizes. He says he came to himself. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. And so this is powerful. Can I give you point number two? Point number one, not only uh, is there provision and protection in godly connection. But number two, I want to let you know this. Watch this. Sometimes God uses our greatest rebellion to give us his greatest revelation. 
Oh my, he had to go into the wilderness. He had to get to the place where he squandered it, where he wasted his, his inheritance in prodigal living. Right, so that right there in the pig pen, that God could reveal to him, come on somebody, that the, the, the benefit and the blessing of being connected to the Father. And his self-esteem was so low, I could see him in that moment where he's like, look man, look what I did. Even my father's servants, he didn't even see himself as a son anymore. And he's like maybe maybe I, I uh, you know my father's servants the hired hands the hired hands are are taken care of maybe maybe if I could just go I can go and I can beg my father to be a servant and so it takes for him after making this bold move in the wrong direction he gets a revelation right there in the pig pen. Come on, somebody. And he decides, he says, when he comes to himself, that he is going to go back home. I don't know what revelation God is trying to give to you. Someone, you are watching me right now, and you are in the most heinous situation that you have ever experienced in your life. Some of you, you are right in the middle of a mess, and you're watching this. Obviously, right now, there's a global pandemic, and we are in a challenging time and situation, and we're wondering, everybody's in, in upheaval, and wondering what in the world is is going to happen and what is going to go on but some of you for some of you COVID-19 is the pig pen that God is using as the time to reveal who he is to you come on for some of you he's going to reveal himself as Jehovah Rapha for some of you he's going to reveal himself as Jehovah Jireh because right now they're telling you you can't go to work and you can't go here and you can't go there some of you rely exclusively on being able to meet in person with clients and all of this and you're in a place where you're scrambling trying to be innovative to figure it out and this might be the pig pen that God is using right here in the middle of this difficult time that may even be as a result of your rebellion sometimes this is the moment that you have to be able to wake up and to get up and make a bold move somebody say I gotta make some bold moves come on you gotta make a bold move in the right direction don't matter how many bad bold moves you've made you can get to the place where you get big and bad enough to make the right moves come on somebody in the right direction right there in your in your living room I believe that you are on the precipice of deliverance I believe that you are on the cusp of your breakthrough all you gotta do hey 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 is come to yourself and walk into what it is that God is putting in your heart to do don't let anybody talk you out of it don't let anybody look at you crazy I'm telling you that what's on the other side of your uncomfortability no matter what your self-esteem is looking like right now I believe that God has breakthrough beyond your belief on the other side somebody in this moment right where you are I want you to put those hands together and give the Lord praise come on somebody right where you are I want you to understand this in this moment I want you to understand this uh, because see sometimes God uses our greatest rebellion uh, to give us his greatest revelation come on somebody Bible says he came to himself and I love this I love this because some of you think that God may have allowed you to go where you are because uh, uh, so that you could be in a place where he is trying to destroy you but sometimes he's just trying to reveal himself uh, to you are you still with me here we go and I just got I just got one more for you I want you to understand this but this is so powerful here is where it takes a turn as a result of his willingness 
to get up in the middle of his situation. And as a, as a result of him being able to get to the place where in the middle of this rebellion, where he got revelation, where he was like, you know what? Yeah, 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 I'm going to get up and I'm going to go and I, I'm even willing to be a servant. Come on, look at what happens. I love this. I love this so much. Bible says in verse 20, because some of you, you heard the revelation. You're even hearing it right now and you're letting the devil in fear whisper in your ear. No, you need to stay here. No, they're not going to like you. No, God hates you. God's waiting with a lightning bolt right there to strike you down but i'm here to tell you look at what happens verse 20 says and he arose and came the bible says to his father now watch this but while he was still a long way off oh my why while he was still a long uh, way off he already had a spiel in his mind he already had a script that he had memorized and put together and he had already devalued himself because of the horrible decisions that he had made but the bible makes it clear that when he was afar off somebody say when he was afar off when he was afar off, I love this because the Bible makes it clear that the father didn't even wait. Come on, somebody. For The father didn't wait for him to come. The father didn't need to hear his script. Come on, somebody. But the Bible says when he was afar off. Somebody say when he was afar off. The Bible says his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him while he was afar off. Man, I feel this thing so strong. While he was afar off. I don't know how far off you are from the father. And there are some of you that you're like, man, God couldn't love me because of what I've done. God couldn't love me because of my orientation. God couldn't love me because of my skin color. God couldn't love me because of what happened to me. God couldn't love me because what I did and how I messed it up and how I messed it up and got it right and then I messed it up again do I got any witnesses am I the only one that has been in that position right now you're like pastor I already heard this stuff and yes as far as the east is from the west so far has he moved our transgressions from us and and that was about 20 times ago come on somebody but I'm here to tell you that as long as you still have breath in your lungs God never runs out of mercy I wonder if there's anybody in this place that sees this in the text Bible says when he was a father off he had messed it up and the father went the father ran and met him while he was afar off I love it and the father saw him felt compassion and the son said father I have sinned against heaven and before you I am no longer worthy to be your son and I want to stop there because I want to give you point number three can I give it to you say give it to me here it is, watch this. God's grace doesn't wait for us to get it together. It comes to get us. Oh my, I feel this. Watch this. God's grace doesn't wait for us to get it together. It comes to get us. Yeah. What is God's grace? God's grace is his work on our behalf. Listen, he didn't wait for the son to run up to him and to give him any sort of a script. Come on, somebody. But he decided that right there in the middle of his son's mess, before he even got there, he says, listen, I love you too much to wait for you to get it together. And there's somebody who's watching me right now. And you're like, man, I feel like I got to get it together before. I get to the place where I can get and experience the grace of God I'm here to tell you no baby God's grace is so good that he doesn't wait until you get it together but he already got it together before you can even get it together and the grace that he extends to you is the grace and the power that's going to help you to get it together in the end I wonder if there's anybody that can praise him with me right there in your house because his grace will get you together while I was far away the Bible 
Bible, the songwriter says, oh, how I love Jesus. Come on, somebody. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Why? Because he first loved me. My God, I celebrate Jesus, not just because of the love that I have for him, but I wouldn't even have love for him if he didn't first demonstrate love for me. I love Romans 5. While I was yet a sinner, that Christ died for, <laughs> for the ungodly. If you know that Jesus loves you beyond anything you could ever do and his grace is coming to hunt you down, I dare you to put those hands together right where you're watching right now. Open your mouth and clap those hands and give him the glory. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I'm feeling right here. Come on, clap those hands and give him the praise. Grace works best in the middle of my mess. Hey, grace works best in the middle of my mess. And grace works best hey, in the middle of, I just feel it. And grace works best in the middle of my mess. Hey, and grace works best in the middle of my mess. I just feel this thing. Grace works best in the middle of my mess. Grace works best in the middle of your mess. Right smack dab in the middle when you feel like blowing your brains out. Might smack dab in the middle when you feel like throwing in the towel right smack dab in the middle when you feel like you're unforgivable I'm a witness to let you know that God's grace works best in the middle of my mess hey God's grace works best in the middle of my mess I just parked the car here for a second because I feel like helping somebody right where you are come on somebody don't matter what you're going through don't matter what you've done God's grace works best in the middle of your mess. I don't know who you lied to, come on. And I don't know who lied to you, but God's grace works best in the middle of your mess. I don't know what sickness you're facing, but God's grace works best in the middle of your mess. I don't know what your bank account looks like, but God's grace looks best, works best in the middle of your mess. Come on, he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Come on, and if he could provide for me, I'm here to tell you he can provide for you too, and that no matter what you've done, that he can restore your life come on right where you are for the next few moments just put those hands together and give the Lord praise because his grace works best in the middle of your mess come on somebody my God I feel like having church oh man is this good to anybody else other than me is it good? Is it good? I'm, uh, I'm bringing the plane down for a landing. But I love this because watch this. The Bible says that in response to the son saying, guess what, fam? I, I, I want to be your servant, you know? I suck and look what I did and look how treacherous it was. Look how bad. Uh, can I just say this? How bad I F things up? Uh, Y'all don't want to be real with me. Uh, the fact is, look at what happens. The Bible says in response, uh, uh, the Bible says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Verse 22, the Bible says, but the father said to his servants bring quickly the best robe somebody say the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes somebody say shoes shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and he and, and let us eat and celebrate come on somebody for this 
My son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Oh, this is so insane to me. Because I want you to understand this. We know, we know that the son, we call him a prodigal. Because of his reckless spending. But I'm here to tell you today. That not only was the son a prodigal. And this might sound blasphemous to some. But I think Tim Keller said it's best. When we not only have a prodigal son, but we also have a prodigal God. Who was the bigger prodigal in this situation? Who spent the most and who spent the most recklessly in this situation? Remember the definition about lavishing? Who lavished the most in this situation? They celebrated in the house because of the lavish love of the father. Because his son was dead. His son was dead. And even in that moment, he came back. And, and I love it. The response of the father is reckless. I mean, I'm sure the son, he showed up with the expectation that he was going to shun him. He shows up with the expectation that he is not going to love him. He shows up with the expectation that he's going to get the same response that everyone else would give. But in in this moment instead of this the father shows him love and I love that God loves us like that and there's somebody that's watching today that he loves you beyond your sin and his grace is greater than your sin and this is why the Bible says where sin abounds grace abounds the more and so right there we love it because here in the text the Bible says the Bible says that they celebrated in verse 25 as I bring the plane down for a landing. says, now his older son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And your father has killed the fattened calf. This is something that they do in celebration when people show up or in the high times. They kill the fattened calf. This was reckless. This was lavish. And he did this for a son that told him, I wish you were dead. And went out and recklessly spent his stuff. But look at this. But the Bible makes it clear that in verse 28, he was angry and he refused to go in. And his father came out. Somebody said he came out. Father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I may celebrate with my friends. Verse 30, but when this son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that I have that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Can I tell you something as I close this? We usually focus on the prodigal son or on the son that went out. But I'm here to tell you this is a tale of two brothers. And both of them were lost in this story. One was lost out of the house, but it's possible to be lost in the house. 
Oh my, can I just talk to you about it? Uh, the fact of the matter is, in this same Luke 15, uh, there's a parable of a lost coin. It right in, in verse 8 and onward, and it talks about how a woman, she had 10 silver coins, and if she lost one, she says, does it, Jesus says, doesn't she light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This was a coin. The coin was lost in the house. The prodigal son was lost out of the house. Come on, somebody. But the brother was lost in the house. And there are a lot of us, we think that we don't realize that sometimes one of the biggest mission fields are the people who are sitting right next to you in church. Come on. And the people who are shouting the biggest amens. Because the fact of the matter is, this brother, like the Pharisees that we started talking about that were criticizing Jesus for hanging with sinners, they didn't realize, he didn't realize that the mission of God was to reach people who were far from God. And they were included in that number. They were lost and they didn't even know it because they were so far. They were so entertained and busy looking at other people who were also lost. And so watch this. The bold moves that needed to be made. The younger son needed to come home, but the older brother needed to repent and welcome home. In other words, he needed to be on the mission of God. And the reason why he was lost is because he did not realize and he did not grasp the mission of the father. He didn't share the heart of the father. And I'm here to tell you today that for some of you watching, the bold move for you might be for you to be to the place where you are coming home. Might be the place where you get up from where you are and decide to repent and come home. I'm here to tell you that God's arms are open wide, ready to receive you. Doesn't matter what you heard. We know a God that loves you so much that he gave his only son to die for you. And just like this father, the bold move the father made was to send the son to die for the sins of of you and I and not only the one who is lost outside the house but also for the one that was lost inside the house and there's some of you who are a part of church and you're in the house you're, you're, you're not out there some of you you might have come out of the womb speaking in tongues you were born by water birth in the baptismal pool but you are mean as jacks and your heart is away from the father and your heart is not sharing the mission of the father and I call you too to repent and to get into the position where you begin to welcome home, where you begin to welcome home your city, where you begin to welcome home the prodigals outside of the house and not be so pr prideful that you miss the mission. And so I don't know where you are today, but I want to encourage you and remind you that we got to be to a place where we understand the incredible bold love of our God what a reckless love he has shown us what prodigal love he has shown us lavish love he has shown us praise the Lord and so in this moment I don't know who you are I don't know what position you're in but I want to call you to put trust and faith in Jesus right now where you are doesn't matter what you've done like I just told you in the story you don't have to get it together you don't got to work it out. 
You don't got to, okay, I'm going to wait for corona to get over. And once coronavirus is over, then I'm going to, no, right now. Jesus loves you right now. And his grace works best in the middle of your mess. And so you can come to him right now. I call you, come to him, come to him right where you are. Respond to his love. He is here. He's there. He ran after you. He made the first move. And so how do you do this? The Bible makes it clear. God so loved the world in John 3, 16. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, faith, believes in him, would not perish but have everlasting life. What do you mean by perish? The Bible makes it clear that we are born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God in Romans 3, 23. This is a result of the mistake of our first parents, Adam and Eve. And so this sin is hereditary. It's been passed down. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. Everybody say death. I don't have to convince you that people are dying. You see them dying every day. Funeral homes, hospitals, not going out of business. Even with this pandemic, it reminds us about the frailty of life. And all of this has happened because because of sin but the good news the good news the good news somebody say good news the good news is that all you and I have to do is put our faith in Jesus because he came the Bible says he lived perfectly was without sin he was punished on our behalf he died in our place and he rose from death with all power and now he extends to us payment for our sins and eternal life so death no longer has control over us but you and I can put trust and faith in him and our eternity is secure we can be with him even if we die we go to be with him forever so not even death has control of you anymore so you right now if, if you have not if you don't have a relationship with the father through Jesus you might have everything you might be in a place where you have all sorts of stuff you have all sorts of resources I'm telling you we just saw on this that you can have all the resources in the world but it will not protect you it will not keep you forever you can't take it with when you when you leave this place and so I want to offer you this opportunity to put trust and faith in Jesus I'm getting ready to do that and secondly you might be a religious person that's watching and you might be going and putting bondage on people and not having the heart of the Father. And even as God challenged me and rebuked me and challenged me to walk out and to love on someone who was in a place where they needed to be shown the love of God as opposed to judgment and wrath like we're so ready to give. I'm so grateful that he checked me and that I said yes and I repented in that moment and I encourage you to do so too. And so I want to call you to put your heart in the hand of the master and join mission with Jesus. So listen, I'm getting ready to pray a prayer of commitment. This is your first time giving your life to Christ. Or if you've walked away from him and you're like, I want to I come back. I want to restart this fellowship with him. And you're like, today is my day. I, I want to le lead you in a prayer of commitment. If you're like, that's my decision today. Right now, every head bow, every eye closed, right where you're watching. Is between me, you, and God. I want you to take some introspection. Here we go. On the count of three, if that person is you, I want you to pop your hand up real high where you're at. Between me, you, and God, here it is. On the count of three, if that's you, you're like, I'm giving my life to Christ for the first time, recommitting my life to Him. Here we go. On the count of three, one, two, three. Come on, pop that hand up right where you are. 
Come on, if that person is you, glory to God, I celebrate you. And listen, now I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to repeat it after me. I want you to mean it with all your heart. This is not a, this is, this prayer doesn't save you. Jesus has saved you. But this is a prayer of commitment that you want to commit your life to him. And here we go. So I, I want you to, I want you to repeat this after me and mean it with all your heart. We say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Come into my heart and be with me now and forevermore. Forgive me of my sins and make me new. I thank you for doing it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, I want you right where you are to clap your hands or to lift your hands and to open your mouth and to celebrate. Come on, if that's you, what a great decision you have made. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Glory to God for that decision. Praise the Lord. And if you're that person that says, I don't have the heart of the Father and I need to repent, God, I pray that you would be with that person, that you would bend their heart and mold their heart into your mission, that they would love on others as you have loved on them. And I thank you, God, for using them and for moving it in through their lives. And I give you the glory, the honor, and the praise.